Hello, everyone. We are thrilled that you have chosen to spend some time with us. We know there's all kinds of different things that you could choose to do with your time on the weekend. And thank you for spending time with us here at the summit, whether you're joining us online and one of our locations here in the triad. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today, because when you find out what we're going to talk about today, you will think I'm weird for being excited about it. But I think when we're all done, you could be excited about it with me. And just imagine if we got excited about it together, like what we're talking about. Okay. Great question. We'll get there. We are in a series called One Another. And last week we started this series and introduced you to a question. And I just want to jump right in. Okay. We introduced you to this question. This is like the greatest question ever. And I didn't come up with this question. What does love require of me? Uh, if you missed last week, go watch last week online or the app and you can catch it in the backstory and where it came from and all that kind of stuff. But isn't it like an incredible question? What does love require of me? If we could just get this right, and if we could just answer this, imagine how our lives would be different and amazing things that would happen in our lives and in the lives of other people as they watched us answer this question and live it out in front of them. This is what God has called us to do. And so every week in this series this summer, this one another series, we're going to be answering this question by looking at the different one another statements that God put in his word for us to guide our relationships, to help shape our community, and not only to change our lives, but to impact the lives of other people. And so today, we're going to answer this question by talking about what it looks like to, drum roll, submit to one another. You see why I'm so excited? I'm like, dude, you're messed up. Like as soon as you see the word submit, everything in you, you're like, wah, 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 wah. Like, oh man, submit. Oh no. You see, it, it's almost always negative, right? It's almost always one of those things that ah, we misunderstand it. We misapply it. Well, today we're going to clear it up. And when you clear it up, it can help you see just how positive it can be. And I believe when it's all said and done, you'll be excited about it with me. Submit to one another. A couple of weeks ago, actually about a month ago now, uh, on my way home from the office, uh, it's about five o'clock or so, I got that text from my wife. You, you know, the text you send each other as husbands and wives is like, oh, while you're out on your way home, can you drop by the grocery store and pick up these two things? And, she's, and it's just two things. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. So I get to the grocery store and I go grab the two things. Takes me no time at all. And when I get to the front where the checkout lines are, I realized there was going to be an issue because, you know, it's 5.15, 5.20, 5.30 at this point, And so everybody's doing what I'm doing. You had that moment where you're looking like, holy cow, look at all the people up here checking out, you know, and all the lines are slammed. And so you do what I do. I do what you do. You start surveying as you're walking up. Shortest line, shortest line, shortest line, shortest line. And so I look way down from where I was, and there was a line with just one person in it. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And so I start, I pick up my pace a little bit. I start walking, and I keep my eyes focused, and I'm thinking, no one stopped me. Hey, Pastor Jonathan, no one stopped me, no one stopped me, no one stopped me, you know, kind of thing. And so I, I get all the way down there, and I turn the corner, and I realize why there was only one person in line. Because she had enough groceries in this cart to feed a third world country. It was massive, 20 items or less. It was like 200 items. 
And, and I, I guess immediately she could tell my body posture. I was just like, ugh. And I had two things, something in each hand. And she hadn't started checking out yet. She was just kind of getting all her probably coupons and all that kind of stuff. Just anything else to take more time, you know. Oh, you're one of those people. And so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, and she's probably going to write a check too. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So she looked at me and immediately said, would you like to go in front of me? Oh, it was like I heard from heaven, you know. I was like, oh. I was like thank you so much. And I was out of there in like 30 seconds and it, she was there the rest of the evening, but it was great. It's so cool. Now, okay, I'm going somewhere. Fast forward a couple weeks, which is now a couple weeks ago. It was my day off. And it was one of those things where we had a lot of things to do around the house. And Don uh, and I were talking to the other day, how you want to do this? And she said, you know what, I tell you what, I'll do this, 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 and this. If you could just go to the grocery store and get this list of things. And it was a longer list of things. I thought, like, no problem. I'm not in a rush. It's my day off. I can just kind of, you know, take my time. And sure enough, you know, I, I do all of that. And I'm at the checkout line. And there's not as many people around, but it didn't have as many lines open either. And it's just kind of the middle of the day on my day off. And so I had a huge buggy full of stuff and I'm, I'm pulling up to the, you know, like, oh, this is going to be so expensive. You know, I could feed a third world country for this kind of stuff, you know, and guess what happened? Somebody walked up behind me with just a few things in their hands. It was more than two because I counted. Um, <laughs> it was like five things and they looked like I looked like two weeks ago. And so the tables have turned and the moment of truth, guess what my first thought was? Well, I can't tell you what it was or you'll get up and leave and you'll never come back, <laughs> right? Will I do for her what she did, what somebody did for me? It was that moment. And in that moment, I heard Jesus clear his throat. <clears> throat> <laughs> you know, like really? No, not really. But you know what I'm saying? If you're a follower of Jesus, you know, you've had those moments where Jesus is like, <clears throat> And so I said, ma'am, would you like to go in front of me? And she had the same reaction. Oh, thank you so much and everything. It's awesome. So why don't you tell us that? Because that right there is the heart and the essence of what it means to submit to one another. And we'll get there. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is not optional for you and me. This is required material. This is what life in the family of God is supposed to be about. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, or maybe you're not sure, I'll tell you that this will work for you as well. You don't have to be a Christian for this to work. This is a relationship principle. This is why the genius of this is so amazing, that this will work for any relationship situation, regardless of what the situation is, regardless of who you are. But if you're a follower of Jesus, this is required stuff for me and you. Let me show you just one place in the New Testament out of the first century where we find this taught so very clearly to us. The Apostle Paul is writing in the first century to a group of Christians, Christ followers in Ephesus. And he's going through a section where he's helping them understand how life as a follower of Jesus should go how we should interact with each other and how we should treat each other. In fact, we're going to talk a lot this summer, uh, a few times about some of these things that Paul said in this same section. But he gets to this section where he makes this big statement about this whole thing of submitting. And, and, and this is what he says. 
And he's talking about a lot of stuff. And he says, and further, here it is, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. Now, here's what I want you to know. A couple things. If you were to keep reading, which this week I challenge you to do, if you're a follower of Jesus and you, you, know, you spend time you know, reading the word of God and, and in prayer as you should, and I, I encourage you to, um, reading on in Ephesians chapter five, like verse 21 and start and keep going, here's what you'll experience. That this verse 21 is actually a topic sentence. It's, it's like a heading. And then for the next several verses on into chapter six, chapter six doesn't stop it. It keeps going. He describes what submitting one another looks like. He gives all kinds of scenarios. So this is like a topical sentence. And, and then he talks about what submitting to one another looks like between husbands and wives. And then he talks about what it looks like in chapter six between parents and children and children and parents. And then later on in chapter six, he talks about what it looks like between employers and employees and employees and employers. So this is huge. And I wish we had time to really unpack all the details and we'll do this another time. But, but to suffice it to say, this is big. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the second thing I wanna point out is that this is spiritual. This whole submission thing is not, is not about just you and that person or that person and you and you and me and me and you. No, this is about your relationship with God. Go back to what we talked about last week. And if you missed it, go catch up online because we talked about how this whole loving one another thing has everything to do with your relationship with God. You can't be good with God if you're not good with each other. So out of reverence for your relationship with Christ, submit to one another in honor of him, out of respect to him. This is not just about me and you and you and me. In order for us to be good with God and be where we want to be with God, we got to pay attention to this and get this one right. Submit to one another. It's a spiritual issue. What does it mean to submit? Let's define it. Most often when we hear the word submit, it comes with negative connotations and we think about authority someone who's in charge over us. Now, we're not gonna get into authority right now because like I've told you before, and I'll remind you probably a couple times before this fall, this coming fall, we're gonna do an entire series on the subject of authority and what God says about it. And it's gonna be big and we're gonna need it. And we're all gonna need to wear our big boy and big girl pants and, and just kind of hold hands and, or fist bump and get through it together. This is some good stuff we need to learn, but we're not gonna go that far with it today. All, all I wanna do today is, is just kind of Simplify this to a point where you and I can digest what it looks like to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So let's define it this way. The simplest definition I can give you, and yet I think probably one of the most profound definitions of submission is this. You before me. That's it. Pretty simple, huh? But it's certainly not easy. You before me. We teach it to kids. You gotta take turns. You need to take turns. That's what we're saying. You before me. We're teaching them submission. Now, when you're a kid, isn't it amazing that kids have this log in their minds? They can automatically keep a log of whose turn it was last and how many turns, you know. But it's not just kids. We do the same thing, and that's why it's so challenging. You before me. That is what it looks like to submit. We often see submission as something that is forced and coerced, compliance, but that is not submission at all. That's surrender. Surrender is forced. 
Surrender is about compliance. No, no, no. See, submission is different. Submission is not forced. Submission is a willful act of love that says, I'm going to put you before me. You can't make someone submit. You can make someone surrender. But who wants relationships typified by surrender? But what we do want and what we do need and what will change our lives, relationships characterized by a willful act of love that says, I choose you and I'm going to put you before me. About this time, you might be thinking of someone who desperately needs to hear this. Okay, I want you to pause that, text them later, and just look in the mirror. There's not a single person under the sound of my voice, whether online or in this room or at one of our other locations, who does not need this, including me. Do you know why this is hard? Oh, this is hard because naturally you and I are me first people. That's my nature. That's your nature. Now, some of you are just, some of us are better at it than others, but we're all by nature, me first, me first. That's why it's so hard. You know why it's hard? It's hard because when we think submission, we think winners and losers. The one that's submitting is the loser and the one that we're submitting to is the winner. And that could not be further from the truth. When it's done right, you before me is a win, 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 win kind of thing. You know why this is hard? This is hard because we live in a hurry. And you can't submit in a hurry. You can't put you before me in a hurry. You have to slow down. You have to stop. You have to think. It does take a little bit more time, but it's worth it. You know why this is hard? This is hard because we get sidetracked with, with who's right and who's wrong. Well, I can't put them before me. They'll think I'm saying they're right. And it'll be a cold day in places where it's not cold before I let them think. Right? Yeah, but that's, that's like me giving in. That's like me giving up. No, 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 it's not. It's about you willfully choosing, not getting, not getting sidetracked with who's right and who's wrong, but saying, I choose to put you before me. This is hard because often we get sidetracked with how unsubmittable the person is that we're needing to submit to. You know what I'm talking about? You know, there are some people, you got no problem putting them before you, but there are some people, ain't no way. I won't give them the pleasure. I would never. Now her, yeah. Him, yeah, because they're nice people, but he's a jerk. And she thinks she knows everything, and she, the world revolves around her. The world submits to her. She don't need me to submit. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to put her before me. Do you see what I'm saying? We think there are some people you're just unsubmittable to. Or maybe it's your experience that the family you grew up in, it was survival. It was about everybody looks out for themselves and you don't help each other. You don't do anything else for each other. You barely make it yourself. If you don't look out for you, nobody's looking out for you. Maybe in your family of origins or in your past experience, it was about control and dominance and survival. Maybe that's why you struggle with it. Let me stop just real quick though and address this because I know, I know we're thinking about it because I'd be thinking about it. How do you do this you before me thing with difficult people? Because I know what some of you are thinking. I would be thinking it too. If I put them before me, they will take advantage of me and they will walk all over me. In fact, they walk all over me right now. In fact, I'm a doormat even now. So I'm just to continue, just to continue. 
and just, and just let them like, treat me like I'm not even there, I'm not worth anything, I don't have any value? What if I get taken advantage of? Well, let me say this, this is a huge topic, a huge issue. And first of all, there are such things as healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries, and it's okay to stand up for yourself, not do it in a nice way. And it's okay to say, and be honest and say, you know, that was hurtful or that's harmful or I, I need for us to talk about how to have a balance here and, and you may need to get help with this. You may need counseling in your relationship environment situation with this because healthy boundaries are important. But that being said, listen very carefully. If you are going to do this, you before me thing, eventually you will be taken advantage of. You see, well, that's where you lose me right there. Never. Nobody's going to take advantage of me. Then you will never live like Jesus has called you to live. And you will never be who God has called you to be. Stop and think just how much we take advantage of Jesus. Stop and think just about how much, how often we take advantage of God's love and mercy and peace and forgiveness. We ask forgiveness and darn it, if we don't do the same thing again. You forgive me for that again? We take, I mean, aren't you glad God doesn't think about us the way we think about each other? What if they take advantage of me? You know what? You want to have healthy boundaries, but if you're going to put you before me and for followers of Jesus, this ain't optional. Honey, it, eventually, you're going to get taken advantage of, but it's worth it. Let me put it to you like this. In healthy relationships, this you before me thing is mutual. In unhealthy relationships, and maybe this will help you, you know, call out the relationships where you need some help. In unhealthy relationships, it's one-sided. And maybe that's what you're feeling, the whole doormat thing. It's, it's a one-sided thing. When it's healthy, it's mutual. It's you before me. No, 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 no. You before me. No, you before me. No, you before me. It was you before me last time. Now it's you before me. See, it becomes like a submission competition. And imagine what life would be like if in your relationships it was described and characterized by like a competition of who could outsubmit the other person. I mean, some of us can't even fathom maybe. Some of you can't even fathom a relationship like that. And yes, I get it. The issues are so much bigger than a loaded shop, shopping cart and you're in a hurry. I, I get it. There are big decisions that need to be made. There's family issues and marriage issues and parenting issues, things that have to be decided. There are things at the conference table, down at the office, the things in your business, different ideas, different agendas, and something has to be done and something has to be decided. I get it. You have to figure out how to do life with people that are different than you and live in harmony with people that are different than you. And there's money and there's, there's decisions and there's relationships. I mean, it's just so layered. I get it. But what we're called to is to simply say and live you before me. Now, some of you are going to be able to do this easier than others, but anybody can learn it. Now, some of you have a personality that you're, you know, you're more of a, a people kind of pleaser, kind of get along with other people kind of person. Good for you. You're going to be able to do this more naturally. Now, some of us, you know, kind of hard-headed, stubborn, you know, type A personality, you know. It's going to be more of a challenge. But everybody can learn it. Everybody can choose this attitude. 
Um, my wife, Donna, it does amazing at this. She's not perfect. She'd be the first person to tell you. And, and I didn't even ask her if I could say this, but it's nice. So I, I guess it'll be okay. I, she just, she's like a big heart. And, and so she does this. She doesn't do it perfectly, but she does this so much more easily than I, than I do because I'm usually in a very big hurry, you, you know, and, and, and just go, 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 do, 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 do. And, and so one thing she's introduced to our family is this thing, and I know when we started, it's been years now that she's been asking this question, but she started doing this, and it doesn't mean we're perfect, and I'm not saying, hey, be like the pastor's family, because you don't want to do that, because we're weird. But, <laughs> but she, um, uh, she started asking this question, of, and I, she'd ask me, and she'd ask the girls, and now we ask each other. And here's the question, and maybe it'll help. She says, um, what's a 10 to you, honey? In other words, a 10 being the proverbial, you're, you're number one, you're, you're ultimate, what you want, what you think is right, what you think will work. What's a 10 to you? What's a 10 to you? She'll ask the girls. What's a 10 to you? She'll ask me, what's a 10 to you? We, we do this over, you know, where are we going to eat? You know, what's the vacation? What are we doing when we go out? Um, decisions that need to be made. What's, what's a 10 scenario to you? What do you think we should do in this? What do you think we should do in this from a financial thing? What would be a 10 to you? What's the plan? What's a 10 to you? So she'll look at me and she'll say, hey, Jonathan, what's a 10 to you, sweetie? And I'll look deep in her eyes and I'll say, you, baby. You're my 10. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't say that. But I, I probably will next time. It's so disarming, right? And, and that... I just share that with you because you can learn. It helps me learn. It helps us learn. It helps us think about the other person. Now, some of you, that's going to come easier than others. It's messy. It's hard. It takes lots of conversations, lots of listening and talking and honesty, but mostly listening. But it's a simple choice. See, some of you are thinking, well, that's admitting that I'm giving in or giving up. Well, then I'm wrong. I can't submit. I'm not going to submit to him. I'm going to submit to her. Well, you just want me to give up? You just want me to give in? No. See, you, you missed the whole point. Submitting is not giving up. Submitting is not giving in. Submitting is a willful act of love. It's you making a choice to say, I'm going to put you before me, and I'm not going to hold it over your head. I'm not going to keep reminding you. Because when we remind each other just how we have put each other before ourselves, you know what that is? That reminder is actually putting ourselves first. That reminder is actually saying, and I just want you to know how great I am. Me first. Because when someone has put you, I mean, put them before you, when someone, let me see how, when someone has put you before them, they, they don't have to tell you they did it. You know, you figure it out because it's transformational. It's life-changing. It's you making a simple choice. And if you have healthy relationships now, you've already figured this out. What? Well, that life is better when you submit to one another. You see, I could give you all kinds of reasons, and, and we're not done yet, because so I'll give you some more. But I could give you all kinds of reasons why you should say, you before me in your marriage, you before me with your kids, you before me in your family, you before me in every situation at work with your coworkers and everything, you before me. I could give you a long list of very deep theological, spiritual things, but can we just boil it all down to something that I think will interest all of us? And it's this right here. 
that when you live with a you before me attitude, life is better. It just is. And that's why God asks us to do it. Life is better. More transformational, more meaningful. And Christians, this is supposed to be a way of life for us. It'll work for anybody, but this is just supposed to be the way things are. Let me break it down for you. How is life better? Well, when you say you before me, you develop an awareness. Awareness of yourself and awareness of other people. When I am putting you before me and I get into a good habit of that, it helps me become aware of just how hard sometimes that is for me. So it helps me become self-aware of my selfishness. And that's always a healthy thing to be self-aware, self-aware. We'll talk about that in this series again. But not only aware of myself, it makes me more aware of the needs of those around me, the opinions of those around me, the value of the thoughts of those around me. It increases my awareness. Life is better when you're more aware. And we've already said this, but let me just put it down here just so it's on the screen. Life is better because submission is a powerful act of love. Powerful. In fact, it's so powerful, if you'll take notice of what gets shared the most on Facebook and social media and the news stories and the things that go viral. So many of them, if not the majority of them, are stories about people who have put other people before themselves. We're attracted to it. We're changed by it. We're transformed by this powerful act of love. And probably some of the biggest turning points in your life, if you're honest, could be described as that moment when that person and that person or her or him displayed wonderful submission to you and they put you before themselves. Maybe once, maybe time and time again. But let me give you another benefit here. This you before me thing, here's why you should do it. This is why it makes your life better. It aligns your heart and my heart with Jesus. It aligns us with him. You are so much more like Jesus and I am so much more like him when we are putting other people before ourselves because that was his mission. His mission was a mission of submission. Not because he was less than, no. He was the greatest of all and he chose to put the mission before himself, the will of the Father before himself and us before himself. That's just who Jesus is. So if you're going to be like Jesus, if you want to emulate his example, do this you before me thing. Make it a life. Not a one time, not a box of check. This is why Jesus served. Do you know that's why Jesus served? Why he served others? It's why you and I should serve. By the way, this is just a great opportunity for me to say this. Some of the greatest servants I've ever seen in my life are around this church. Some of the most amazing volunteers are here. You need to know if you're a volunteer, when you are volunteering and serving others, that is a way, not, and it's not the, the box completely checked. It's not like you do this and you're good to go. You don't have to do nothing else. You can go home and be selfish because here, no, none of that. Okay. It's just a way you need to know when you volunteer, it's a way of submitting. It's a part of it, of saying you before me, I'm going to get here before you to get things ready for you. I'm going to stay here later than you. To, to, to clean up after you leave. I'm going to change your kids' diapers. 
and love on them and play with them so that you can sit and focus. And I'm going to help park your car. I'm going to wave to you and welcome you. I'm going to stand out in the cold and the heat and the rain and make sure you have a smiling face to greet you. And somebody here to answer your questions. Do you see? That's this submission. You before me, you before me. And that's why we will never, ever, ever, ever apologize for asking people to volunteer. And if you're not volunteering, it's time for you to submit a little bit. Join the ranks. You're joining the greatest group of people around. And we could always use another person just like you. Be like Jesus. It aligns you with the heart of Jesus. This is what Jesus said about himself. John records Jesus as saying, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now I know in our context today, we don't know a lot about shepherding and sheeping, but in this context, he is the shepherd and we are the sheep, okay? Enough said, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And this is just what he does. He lays his life down to the point of dying to say you before me for the sheep. And that's us. And so when you and I live with this you before me mindset, we're aligning ourselves with Jesus. Imagine what that would look like. Imagine if we did this you before me thing. Imagine how things would change, how your life would change. Imagine the next time you're in a conflict, you're in an argument, and right in the middle of the argument with your husband, with your wife, with your child, with that person you work with, with your boss, with your employee, right in the middle of that conflict, you heard Jesus clear his throat. And you had the thought, what if I just put them before me? I'm going to put them before me. Not give in, not give up. It's not about being walked on. It's not about not having an opinion. It's not about not being, you know, whatever you get all upset about. This is about you making a choice. And we'll put you before me. You know what would happen? We would have less conflict. Now, sometimes conflict is a good thing, but it would last a lot um, it would just be quicker. It'd be more healthy. Less conflict. Imagine the next time a big decision needs to be made around the table at the office or around the dinner table at home or when you're doing the finances or when you're talking about the kids or in your marriage or about a job and move. Imagine when you need to make that big decision and some of you have some big decisions on the table right now, you had the attitude, you before me. Let's do it your way. Let's do it your way. Let's, let's, let's go with your idea. Can you imagine how valued the people in our lives would feel? Can you imagine how much love that that would communicate to the people that we say we love? We were to say, hey, let's, let's do it your way. No strings attached. So if it's not the best way, you come back and say, well, I'll never do that again. No, sometimes it won't always work out. Sometimes you may get taken advantage of. Sometimes that's the way it'll be. But it's worth it when you say, you before me. Imagine what would happen when it's time to meet needs. You know, we all, we like to talk about needs. I need my needs met. I've got needs. I've got needs. You've got needs. We all got needs. Imagine how this happens now with submission, how needs get met. Do you know how they get met? We meet them together. I meet yours. You meet mine. You meet theirs. They meet yours. You see, maybe you were raised with the mindset that you've got to look out for you. You've got to look out for number one. You better get what's coming to you because nobody else is going to look out for you but you. You better get what's yours. 
See, this is not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is we meet each other's needs. Now, and if this submission competition is going on, you before me, no, you before me, no, you before me, no, you before me, who gets left out? Nobody. Whose needs go unmet? Nobody's needs go unmet. Now, yes, I understand that's the ideal, but you got to shoot for the ideal while you're dealing with what is real. You got to shoot for the ideal every time so that you can look at what is real and take steps towards the ideal. And when it comes to wants, we all have wants. I want this, you want this. Imagine, even when it comes to wants, the trivial wants, if you had this you before me approach, do you know how much shared joy and appreciation and participation that would bring in your relationships? You see, there's probably somebody in your mind right now that you're thinking about as, man, I really need to put them before me in this situation. Or maybe you're thinking, I'll never do it. But that's the person you probably know. You probably know the situation right now where you need to put and say, you before me. And if you have no clue, just hang out a little while. It'll happen before long. You'll be behind somebody with a loaded grocery cart or they'll be behind you or another scenario will happen in life in the very near future where you will have an opportunity to say you before me. Not just one time, but it is the way of Jesus. It is the way we live. It is what love requires of me and what love requires of you and what love requires of all of us. You before me. Let's follow Jesus' example and ask him to help us do this. Our Father, we need your help. And you are willing and ready to help us. Thank you for setting the supreme, perfect example for us so we don't have to doubt what real submission looks like. And it's not a position of weakness. It's not a position of devalue. It is honor. It is strength. It is beautiful and it is powerful. So may we simply look to you and follow your lead and then look to those around us and say, you before me and live it, not just say it, but display it. You before me in our marriage with our children and our families at work in our friendships and relationships and show us in what scenario we need to put this into practice right now. May we be very concerned about putting the other person ahead of us and much less concerned about having our way, having others think we're right, being needed, being praised, controlling, May we simply give those things over and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thank you for how you gave yourself for us. Help us to give our lives for each other. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.